Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi there. Welcome to this episode of Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley, and I am so grateful that you've tuned in and are, are joining us today. You know, as I thought about how to kick off today's episode, I thought I would start by sharing, you know, some news about my own journey to stay on purpose. And uh, as I've shared before, you know, my purpose is to help as many leaders as possible to, to thrive more and struggle less, right? I believe that Life and work should be challenging, absolutely, but it shouldn't be this daily struggle. And so my purpose is really to help as many leaders as possible to connect to their own purpose and to, to thrive every day. And so as part of staying on purpose, you know, in late fall of 2020, I made a really, really big decision. Um, I made a huge change in my life and my career. And I began to transition out of my family business, K&Co, which was founded by my mother in the early 80s. And I made the decision to join a new organization, Waterstone Human Capital, which you may have heard me mention over the past um, few episodes or so. And as of December 1st, I officially became the executive director of the Waterstone Culture Institute, whose mission is to inspire organizations to build high-performance cultures. And it was a huge decision for me to step away from a business that I'd helped grow for 20 years, a business that is close to, you know, very dear to my family and one that I believe in. And part of my decision was really connected to purpose and knowing that through Waterstone and in particular, the Waterstone Culture Institute, I'll be able to help and reach even more leaders. And with the support of my family, in particular, my mom, and with a great partnership between Kane Co. and Waterstone, where I'll still be able to deliver the amazing content and programming that we've created over 30 years at Kane Co., it really became a win-win. And it came down to then me asking myself, am I brave enough Am I, uh, you know, courageous enough? Do I have what it takes to step out of this comfort zone that I had built myself for 20 years and really take that risk? Because it's a huge change. I've been on my own for 20 years and now I'm, you know, stepping into a business where I'm a part of a team, an amazing team, and I report into somebody. I've been my own boss for 20 years. And so this was a huge change. And what helped me take that leap and step into that fear zone um, with more comfort was asking myself, will this keep me on purpose? Will this help me to, um, you know, reach my goals and serve the leaders that I want to serve in my life more effectively? And the answer was absolutely yes. Will this change help me to become an even better person, an even better leader, help me find strengths that I didn't even know I had? The answer was absolutely yes. 
And can I make this change in a way that honors the past, that honors the business that I built, that honors my mom and my family who contributed to this business in particular to my mom? And the answer was yes. And so I am so excited to officially share with you, you know, that um, you, you know, I am now helping Waterstone to help more leaders through the Waterstone Culture Institute. And to learn more about the Waterstone team, please, please visit waterstonehc.com and learn all about what we'll be doing at the Waterstone Culture Institute and all of the other ways Waterstones helps organizations to thrive. So thank you for listening. I just wanted to share a little bit about my own journey um, before we jump into today's episode. Now, today's episode is all about building a healthy business, regardless of whether you're a startup, you're a small to medium-sized business, whether you are a large multinational organization, the health of your business starts at the top. It starts with you, the leader. Um, It starts at the top as the CEO or with the president, but it also starts with every single leader in the organization. And I have the perfect guest today to help us navigate how to build a healthy business. My guest today is Tracy Gardner, known as the Healthy Biz Strategist and VP on Demand. Tracy helps entrepreneurs and leaders to navigate change and build high-performing teams to achieve the results they desire. Tracy combines over 20 years of experience as a former executive in her own family's large business, we've got that in common, and being an entrepreneur and business owner herself to help stop the overwhelm many leaders, leaders experience by bringing clear, simple, and practical approaches to building the business strategy and culture most essential to performance. Tracy focuses her attention on maximizing the potential of entrepreneurs and leaders that she works with to develop their genius zone to be the best they can be in their market. Welcome, Tracy. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, thank you, Nicole. And I'm so happy to be here. And it's just so ironic on the journey we've both been on. It's true, right? Our journeys are very, very similar. So I'm excited to hear more about yours. So why don't we start there, actually, Tracy? So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you find yourself now with respect to what your own purpose is. And tell us about the journey that brought you to this point. You know, that's a great question and something that I've went through quite a bit lately, especially as I go into the second part of life, I call it, the over 50 life. (laughs) And um, one of my biggest purposes is really to make a difference and to get people from where they are to where they want to be. And my, everything that I love and enjoy and I'm passionate about is business, strategy, as well as leadership and just developing people and using that experience to bring more value. And it's about bringing value and serving more people. And so it's just been over the years, the learning and where I was years ago to where I am today. But so much of that comes from like you, a family business and just learning from those and the experiences along the way that have molded us into the people we became and really to, as we talked, you mentioned that genius zone and knowing when you're there, because it is just, um, it's magical when it happens. 
genius zone. So what is the genius zone? Because I want to be in it all the time. So I need to know what it is and how do I tap into it? Well, I, the one thing about the genius zone for Tracy though, that can be when I get going and I don't shut it off. So when people talk about balance, other people, now we all have our own rhythm, right? So what seems like a not enough balance for one, the other person just is at a different cadence. And that's really what it's about. Everybody has a different cadence, mm. but the genius zone, it's kind of like when you get really involved in doing something and the day goes by and you didn't even know it and you're just getting, you're hustling, but it's fun. You're passionate about it. It, it just brings you joy. And that's at this point in my life, that's what I love to do is really to be able to get in that zone. And so when I'm actually making a difference and helping people, regardless if it's on a personal level to a business level to a team level, that's where the, you know, my genius zone comes in. And so it's, you think about it, like even finding your ideal client that, you know, knowing who they are and who you serve and being able to give back to them. But each person, think of it like a custom tailored suit or anything that's tailored to you, everybody's different. But you kind of know, you have that internal knowing, and I'm really highly intuitive myself. So just kind of coming to that awareness that, wow. And you can feel it. You can feel when you're in or when you're out. Do you know what I mean when I'm saying that or when you can feel that energy? Absolutely. I'm thinking about... I think I have some echo here. Um, Sorry about that. So yeah, what comes to mind is having to be, I'm in my genius zone when I am connected to something meaningful, when I know I'm making a difference and it's aligned to my purpose, right? So I want to use an example. So I used to struggle. I hated quote unquote sales, right? Back in the day, you know, the the cold calling and the, you know, the hustling for business development and, and sales. I was not in my genius zone. I found that really, really painful to do for all of, you know, my internal chatter and negative thoughts about, about selling that I had. It wasn't until I reframed the business development process to connect to my purpose of serving leaders, right? And that it was not about selling something that wasn't valuable to people. It was about connecting people to tools and resources that can be of value to them that were completely aligned to my purpose of serving them and helping them to thrive. So it required reframing and connecting to purpose. And once I did that, I could be in my genius zone in a business development conversation or even in a cold call. It, it, it's not in my comfort zone, I, but I have to intentionally connect to my purpose in order to get into that genius zone. It, other times, Times I'm in it just quite naturally when I'm facilitating like you, right? When you're working with teams, when you're coaching individuals, I can just tell you would be in your genius zone because that's what you love to do. And it's aligned with your purpose. So I, that's a long-winded way of asking, is it about being aligned to purpose? You nailed it. And I had to go through the same similar process because I was as a business consultant in the last 10 years. It was about sales and sales, that word freaked me out. 
And I had to do the exact same thing. And it's reframing, just like we do with anything in our life. It's about your mindset and switching it, same as you, because I was actually making a difference. Because if I was holding back the information that I had, I wasn't giving extreme value. Because we had something, or just like you, you had something that was really useful to give. And it's about the connections, the relationship, and fostering and building those relationships. And I'm about high value. So that's where, in with the clients I work with, I like to give that boutique experience. I really want to give them extreme value. But yeah, exactly. You nailed it. And sometimes you're like, I'll go speak, or I'm working in a team, and bam, you just you know, the stars are aligning. And like, if I was having to do cold calls, they weren't always aligning. So I had to readjust and refocus and know that what you were giving. So I get that. So we each have that, you know, and there's some people I know that can cold call and their magic happens when they do it. And that's right, their right. time. So, so genius zone. Okay. So that's clear. And I, I know I'm in it when I'm in my, in, and when I'm aligned to purpose and you can feel when you're not, like you said, it's just, you feel it. Um, as a healthy business coach, right. I mean, I'm imagining an organization full of people who are in their genius zones, right. And, and that requires attracting individuals who are, you know, who will connect to your organization's mission and vision and who can, can see themselves contributing and it's aligned with their purpose. So I want to get into that in a, in a little bit, but I want to step back. Being a healthy biz coach, right? Building healthy businesses. Where do you, first of all, what is a healthy business? Maybe we could start there. And then after break, we'll dive into you know, how do, where do we start? How do we create it? But what is a healthy business from your perspective at the end of the day? Oh, absolutely. So a healthy business is actually, and, and you mentioned, we, you know, it can be small. It can be a small business to a large organization. And it starts at the top, starts with leadership, and it starts with the culture. So the culture has to be that, that is a very involved. And because if you just went with strategy or which is common, um, you know, you're not going to have that great, healthy organization. So it's just like anything. It's like having the foundation. It's like our own personal health. You know, we can look good from the outside, but on the inside, are we healthy? It's the same concept. And so I had in the last 10 years been in the healthy, you know, the healthcare market and working in that area. And I saw so many businesses that weren't practices that weren't healthy. And so what is healthy? It's actually comes from the top and it's really about the team, the communication, the clarity, reinforcing the clarity and just communicating the the mission and the vision and having a team that really loves what they do and there to serve and give more value. So I love, so Absolutely. Right. It's all about culture. And we're going to dive into that in a minute. What were some indicators you mentioned that you, you know, you worked with a number of different um, uh, businesses and you could see which ones were unhealthy. What are the indicators that tell you uh, this organization needs work or this subculture needs work? Like what, what tells you that there are some unhealthy things happening? Well, I can give you, and I know we're got a few minutes till break here. In my, where I was working before, I actually implemented a protocol 
into different medical practices and different business models. And I gave the same formula, the same recipe, the same protocol, the same training. So it, so everything was the same, but the outcome and the success and the sustainability was very different for each one. Now, I wasn't coming in as the business consultant. That's where I wanted to go, you know, because you could see if leadership wasn't on board, if there was a communication breakdown in the teams, if they weren't able to communicate to grow, if their branding and their messaging wasn't all cohesive, um, they were not able to get the results that those that might have had a more healthy business. So, yes, I was bringing in a healthy weight management program into healthcare practices, but it went back to my roots of, you know, being in a family business, being, and we were in travel centers, convenience stores, and trucking, and whole different model to then go to, you know, in my own businesses to actually look at what was missing and where those pieces, you know, that you could come in and go, oh, you know, if we could have this communication or this leadership would buy in, the difference that it would make to their profitability and retaining good help. That was, I mean, you could just see it over and over. Absolutely. And I love that you say, you know, you shared the fact that whether it's, you know, healthcare or trucking or convenient retail or what have you, there is a model, right, that organizations can use to build the strategy, but I, at the end of the day, put culture at the center of that strategy um, to drive business. And that culture will be defined by each organization. That strategy will be defined by each organization, but there is a formula, like you said, to follow. So we're going to dive into that formula right after break. So stay tuned and we'll be back with Tracy Gardner right after break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed. And it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Hey, I want to uh, share Tracy's website with you so that you can learn more about her work and how she helps organizations to create healthy businesses. Check out fullfocusconsultinginc.com. That's fullfocusconsultinginc, all one word, .com. And you can reach out to Tracy directly through that site or reach out to me through Voice America or on social media. If you want to catch up with Tracy, I can I can uh, connect the two of you as well. So I want to dive into all things culture. You know, one of my favorite quotes is the Peter Druck- Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I always say it eats culture for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a midnight snack, right? Um, it trumps everything at the end of the day. So when you start working with an organization, Tracy, to, you know, what's, what's the first step if you bring it, you are working with the senior team, for example, and they've brought you in to say, we want to improve our organization's performance. What do you look to first? Um, well, first of all, I kind of take a deep dive and just a lot of evaluations and assessments to see where they're at and their thought process and how they view leadership and how they view culture so that I kind of have a a grasp on their temperature, I I would say, of where they're at and where maybe we need to work on some things. Um, Where it started was I was, I used to be a project manager years ago. And so I would get brought into and been asked even this year to be brought into different projects. Well, the health of the project and the success of the project is all about the team and all about this, you know, the sponsorship or leadership coming top down to the cohesion of the team, the communication and the vision and clarity around that. And that each person involved with that knew clearly where they were going and what was in it for them and really getting to know each person on a deeper level so I understood how they worked. Mm-hmm. So I like to use like the everything disc workplace model and some other assessments to really know my team because that's where the magic really happens is, you know, on that team level. So I use that same approach because I was often brought in at when I was working in my past career where I was implementing and integrating a system And if I didn't have that buy-in and if I didn't have that communication, as I was saying, that recipe, I was going to have a struggle. So I knew if I wanted to work in that arena, I had to go back and look at the project from the people because it's about the people. It's about the culture. So now if I'm brought in, really, that's where we're going to start, because if they want me to actually go further on, because I'm not, I married that coach, consulting and strategist all together. So it depends, you know, and like there's not a one size fits all in a project or what companies are looking for. So I have to evaluate that first so we know what we need to work on, you know, because it might not be there might be seven, you know, several areas that they might be weak on and some that they might need a little help with. And so we just have to identify where that is in order to move forward, because usually if we're it's just like painting, you buy a house that's kind of like it's a fixer upper. 
and you just want to slap some paint on it, well, if you slap some paint on it, what about the foundation? So it's all going back to the health of the business, health of the leadership. So I, I have to do that by assessments and a lot of questionnaires and a lot of interviewing to see what, what they're looking for and getting them from where they are now to where they want to be. And what does that look like? So it's just a lot of investigating. Right. Great. And so through that investigating over the years, right? So you've been, you've been focusing on, you've been involved in strengthening culture for a while now. Are there certain indicators that are just table stakes, you know, certain practices that, you know, need to form, be part of culture. So whether it is psychological safety or, you know, certain practices that if they are not embedded in the culture, there just is no chance for this organization to become healthy. Oh, absolutely. And then if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, meeting the bottom, you know, sometimes that we're not even meeting that, especially during a pandemic, And, you know, that fear and the safety and, you know, that changed the scope of everything. Mm -hmm. And so making sure and, you know, sometimes as a leader, we're getting as leaders, they may get reactive in the situation because they have their own, you know, fears and things that, you know, that they're trying to provide value. And maybe there's blind spots that they don't aren't even aware of. So sometimes it starts with that leadership and getting the leader healthy before we can go down and take a deeper dive into the whole culture and the performance and the team. So again, it's, it's really customized to each person, but you've got to have, you know, that be open um, and knowing that, you know what, it's okay. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to have that growth mindset and I'm willing to take the blinders off and have a different lens because that lens is very different. So it's, it's kind of like the four agreements, you know, never assume, don't expect, you know, but just stepping back so you can really take a better look and put on different lenses. What are those? So walk us through for listeners who aren't, because I love Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and I'm not sure what the four agreements are. I would love to, to hear more about those. So what are Maslow's, what are the, the what's the hierarchy of, of needs just for, um, can you walk us through each, each level if you've got that and so you know the, what? I want to pull it up because I do yeah. not want to quote yeah. it incorrectly. So give bear with me because that would not be. No, you know. all good. Because I feel like, you know, in the industry that we're in, um, that there are so many models, right? But oh. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, you know, a try and true, you know, model that I feel like we've, we've, at least in my experience lately that we've, we've, it's been lost in, in some of our work and it really, really sets the stage. So like you said, at the, at the base psychological needs, right? Absolutely. And so, yes, so it starts with the psychological needs. And so we first have to meet the the basic needs. And so there's psychological needs. Okay. So that's food, warmth, water, rest, having a roof over our, you know, that's a big deal nowadays, right? Um, safety needs, security. Um, we've had a lot of people in this, during this pandemic that that security has been taken up like a rug, you know, and having to be able to pivot from that and, you know, just make sure that your needs are met. So that's, that's a big deal. The next level, which is where we want to be is to get to those higher up levels 
So you have the psychological needs. So belongingness and is one. And that's about the relationships, friendships, you know, because you want to build that strong foundation within your company and within your business so that people feel that they are understood, that they are needed, they provide value. And a lot of times people are most often they're, you know, they feel that they aren't. And so wanting, making sure to communicate that with them. Um, the next one up is esteem needs. So prestige, feeling of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. We all like that. What's what's in it for them? We all like to know that we're appreciated. I know for me, it's it's important to know that I make a difference and bring value. And that's kind of the forefront of, you know, my, part of my existence and my purpose because, you know, I want to provide that. Now, self-actualization, now this goes along kind of with the genius zone. When you really hit that self-fulfillment need, you're kind of at that genius zone, but that's, you know, achieving one's full potential and including creative, you know, activities that involve that. So as a coach for years in the health coaching to business coaching to life coaching, I always could see this pure potential in people. You know, you can see their gifts. But I couldn't want it more than them. It's the same thing for a business. I can come in and I can connect dots and I can see things that are missing, but it really has to be about them. So again, the basic needs to the psychological needs to self-fulfillment needs. And so the overarching goal for businesses to actually together get everybody to where they're at this self-fulfillment need and that they're actually thriving, like you said, not struggling, but thriving. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a process because, but you have to actually assess where they're at because you don't know where your people are at. And because you could assume, but assuming never, you know, is good for us to do. So that's where it's really taking some assessments and really going in and asking questions and finding out where they're at. Because if you don't know, again, you're assuming, and you may think that they're, you know, that they're at that, okay, I'm giving them everything they need. They're in that psychologically need area but right now they're still down here just trying to fill their basic needs and so that's getting to know them as a whole person as well as the professional person Mm -hmm. I love that you said that get to know them as their whole person and not just the professional person so you know at uh, just to give you an example at, at Waterstone through one of our programs, we have the playbook for success. And what that is, it's a playbook that that leaders um, use. Each team member completes this one page playbook. And it asks the individual questions, what are your 20 loves? Right. Mm-hmm. And I completed this, you know, within my first couple of weeks at Waterstone, Marty, the CEO asked me to complete this so that he could get to know me. Right. So one of the questions, what is your 20 loves? And I was like, 20 things, man. Right. And it got me thinking about and reconnecting to what's important to me. Right. The first few are easy, right? Kids, husband, family, right? And then you get to 10, you're like, oh man, what else do I love? Right. And so it just it helps you as the individual explore yourself too and what's most meaningful. Right. It also asks for your goals, right? And professional goals, but also personal goals. It asks for, you know, what are your superpowers or what makes a great day for you or what have you. It includes, you know, you can put aspects of your disc profile or whatever, you know, if you used a personality assessment and everybody on the team completes one and it gives, and then your leader has a conversation with you about it. 
and your leader gets to know you on a different level. And then there will be, you know, triggers or, you know, uh, gives you additional information about your team members to expand your one-to-ones. You can now ask about your team members' kids or a sports team there that the team members are part of or a hobby, right? So that your one-to-ones aren't just about business. It's about the whole person, like you said, Tracy. So I love that you said that because we can get as leaders so focused on performance, so focused on those KPIs, you know, and measuring those things that are important that we lose sight of the fact that we are all human beings, that we are all individual people with our unique strengths and quirkiness and loves and dislikes and all of that. We're whole people. And we can forget about that in this head down crazy world that we're working in fast pace and and miss those connections. So thank you for sharing that. Well, because I've been on the other side as well. And I'm, you know, just even with discs, I've taken several assessments and I'm, I love them all. And because there's not just one size fits all, but me being a, and uh, I'm a very high ID. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, can be very direct, but I'm like that cheerleader and, and I'm empathetic. And, but when I can get going on a strategy, because remember there's the strategist in me, I can get going. And so I can forget about all the other stuff that's important to teams. So over the years, that was something I had to develop more to be a better leader. And because it matters to me as well. And so mine was, I'd kind of just get in the zone <laughs> And I don't know if that was a genius zone, but I had to pull back from some things. And so that everybody felt it wasn't just so direct and go, go, go. And COVID actually even helped with that. I will say there is a blessing in crisis all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've had to, and like your test that you just did, you actually had to go in. And when you said 20, it's like, some of those are hard because and it changes. Have you, how often yes. do you take those? Because I think we all change based on where we're at in life or the situations. And I think it's a great exercise to do because else I feel like you're just skating through life and you're missing things. Yeah. Absolutely. You're missing what really matters. Absolutely. You're right. That's what COVID has helped some people, you know, a number of people do is to reconnect with all right, what's most important and how do I find joy in this crisis? And right, how do I, you know, how can I find ways to thrive among amidst this great stress, right? We're all experiencing, I keep saying this, we all are experiencing the same pandemic, but we're experiencing it very differently depending on our situation, where we live, our family situation, our work situation, so many different things. So absolutely, right? Understanding each other is is a huge part of culture. And so, you know, well, let's stay on the theme of culture. And so I'm curious, Tracy, you know, yes, it starts with the top, right? And that's where we need to start is, is building that the, the leadership competencies, abilities, self-awareness um, through assessment of current state um, and designing where we want to go. How do, does an organization then, you know, build the accountability for culture at all levels of the organization so that it 
doesn't, people don't just think, oh, that's HR's job culture, or that's the CEO's job culture. What are some strategies to ensure everybody in the organization believes and knows that they own culture too? Oh, that's such a good question. And, you know, it, I guess it would say it comes from a lot of the communication. And yes, it comes from the top. And so often, as you said, it, you know, a lot of times it is believed, oh, that that's an HR thing when really HR is a, a, it's a part of it, but they are really not who deliver the culture mm-hmm. and culture involves everyone and down to every person on the team and how they're viewed. And, um, you know, gosh, that's a really, I'm just trying to give an answer in one <laughs> fell swoop, you know, and it's, there's not really an easy answer, I guess, or just this, you know, there's so many ways we can look at it and so many think, ways we can dice this because um, we know it's the healthy organization comes from, again, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. I know it comes from the top. And again, it can even be in your family. It's your sphere of influence and those that you're molding and helping to make a difference. Um, goodness. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I threw that out there because, and I'm, I'm asking because it's interesting through, you know, the, what we're seeing now in research is the best organizations, when they're asked a question, we ask this in our engagement survey is who owns culture, who drives culture. Uh, yeah. And in organizations that are high performing, that have high performing cultures, we see you know, yes, senior leadership owns culture. Yes, HR owns culture. Um, yes, middle management owns culture. And yes, I own culture is just as high as all of the others, right? So it's everyone. And that is a trend that we're starting to see where it's almost like it's it's flipped upside down now. It's it's everybody owns culture as opposed to just the top, but it does start with the top because if the top isn't focused on culture and aligned, then certainly the rest will not be. But we'll come back. Hold that thought. We'll come back after break. Okay. Stay tuned. We'll be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed. And it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. Many people don't like to talk about death, but like it or not, it's going to happen to you, me, your loved ones, and everyone. It's best to ask the important questions sooner than later. That's where inspiring end-of-life conversations with host Nina Impala can help. We cover all of the important questions, including aging loved ones, cancer, losing a child, hospice, pets, and messages left by our loved ones. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So before break, we were talking about how do we flip it, right? How do we ensure that everybody in the organization has this sense of, I create the culture here. The culture doesn't just happen to me or isn't solely led by HR or the CEO. It's created by me and everyone that I work with. And so one of the ways we can do that is to flip that sort of formula of everybody owns it is through, you know, team development, right? And we know through research, and I've, I've shared this stat before on the show, right? Marcus Buckingham and his team did one of the largest studies on employee engagement um, two years ago, pre-COVID. And that research found there are only two things that drive engagement. It's not the bells and whistles. It's none of that. It's trust in our leaders. Do I trust my leader? If I trust my leader, I'm 12 times more likely to be engaged highly engaged, and the effectiveness of teams. Do I work on an effective team, a high-functioning, healthy team? If you can say yes to, I trust my leader, and I work on a team that I feel good about, and it's high-functioning, that person will be engaged. And so, and that person will drive a high-performing culture. And so, Tracy, talk to us a little bit about you know, I know the process that you follow will be dependent on the, the team's particular need. Um, but maybe talk, start with some of the dysfunctions, right? So some of the, the signs leaders can look for to that tell them, hey, my team needs help sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And you know what? It's been interesting. There have been times that I've worked with leaders that they don't always recognize that they can pool the team, they'll use it as well, you know, if they if someone didn't want to do a project, they'll comment, well, they're just, they're not capable, or they're not doing it. Well, that could have been the vision, it could have been knowledge, and their the fear to ask for more help, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's, so it's not necessary. sometimes where and why I said that is sometimes it's not necessarily that the leader knows, oh, I have a dysfunctional team. And I've kind of pointed out that there might be some dysfunction right. and can improve it. And there's assumptions that they'll make as the leader. And it depends on where they are for some of their assessments and some of the reasons, you know, if now I'll go back to disc and if they're, you know, more of a DC and they're, you know, a more dominant and then they're skeptical and critical thinking, even though they're highly gifted, we all have, the good and the bad, right? And we all have the ability to 
kind of sabotage things. And so it's really about the mindset. But when, if a leader comes to me and they know that, okay, my team, they're not, they're not cohesive. We kind of look for, and I like to use um, Patrick Leonzi's kind of the five dysfunctions of a team. I like to use proven methods and intertwine the tools as needed. So if there's not trust and trust with the leadership or trust within the team, trust of those team members, um, the ego gets in the way at times, um, breaking that down. Fear of conflict is another one. Um, Lack of commitment. So knowing that, you know, if they don't know what's in it for them, and that still goes back to Maslow's hierarchy as well, if they don't feel safety, you know, if they don't feel that they're being heard and understood, um, accountability, avoidance of accountability. And that is huge. A lot of, um, and and I'm going to say this with the assessments as well. I'm all about the assessments, but what happens is execution. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you can do the assessment and then they're one and done. Or they think, oh, we know how everybody works now. Boom. And they'll do that for a short time. And then they lose the accountability or the execution of keeping it going. And so that's the, an area that I think is really super important is accountability. So it's not just accountability within the team, but it's accountability, you know, outside the team. I'm working with someone like myself as well that's a facilitator that's going to be objective and keep you that project management, change management that I bring in along with all the other pieces. Because if we don't do that, it's going to be just, oh, great. We recognized all these things. Now, what's going to really change? Because what's going to make it sticky? Right. Right. Um, And then um, in attention to the results, really having an idea of what, you know, what's our end game? Where are we going from here? What are our goals? And I'm, you know, I'm not big on the annual goals. I like quarterly goals, you know, and having maybe two, you know, three at the max. But if you don't get that done, we're going to keep going back to it. And it kind of goes back to customer journey as well as the employee journey, you know, wherever you've just really got to break those things down. And um, being fanatically focused. So it's one of my favorite terms that I use is, is creating a fanatical focus. You know, leaders, it can be so the thought of, gosh, where do I even start with my team, especially if it's a team in need, right, can feel so overwhelming. And so to be able to distill it down for leaders and the team, even for the team member, like, gosh, I just... I I don't even know where to start or why I'm frustrated or what's getting in the way of our team, right? It can feel very overwhelming and cause some paralysis. And so to be able to distill down for leaders and their teams, what a high performance team looks like, right? What Mm -hmm. are the core practices? And to be able to assess from the perspective of here are our strengths, here are opportunities for improvement and what's one area that we as a team decide to focus on to become even better, as opposed to saying we need to be better in all of these different areas. Like you said, one or two goals, right? What's one thing if we focus on fanatically over the next four months will make the biggest difference to our effectiveness as a team and to my level of engagement and fulfillment as a team member. We know with change, change, change is hard. And there's many factors that come into change, you know, that are, that relate to fear or too many things. So if we have a one obstacle, like you said, one thing that we work on, we can check the box off. Guess what? We get a win-win and we get success. Mm -hmm. So that gets people excited. 
They can actually see it's a, and it's a roadmap. People need a clear roadmap and that clear vision. So if we just focus on that one instead of, you know, and it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming to the teams. It's overwhelming to leaders. And then when there's too much overwhelm and, or you think of, if I change this, it's going to cause this effect, this effect that mm, I don't, we don't even need that where we know if we take steps to change it and what might take it, some, it's front loaded. So some of it might take, you know, 20 hours extra, but in the end, every week over week over week, it could save you five hours, you know, and multiple for times, how many people, you know, it just, it's stepping back and really looking at each person because each person can have a different behavior around change. And that one person can cause a big bottleneck. So just kind of really knowing that whole team is really so important. Absolutely. And and I'm, you know, thrilled that we connected. So, you know, for everybody that's listening, Tracy and I met, you know, first to talk about this podcast, right? And all of the great value she can bring our listeners. And through that conversation, Tracy actually decided to become an authorized partner of Canco's team fitness tool, which is a tool that, you know, she will be using, right, Tracy, to yes. take people through team development and, and really assessing where they're at against proven behaviors and practices. What are their strengths as a team and what are their opportunities for improvement? Absolutely. I'm super excited. And I had no idea we were going to go this <laughs> direction at all. But being focused on healthy businesses and being a healthy business strategist. And then you have a fitness tool, which is an assessment for, you know, all businesses. And then the added value with the health care industry. And we shared some stories about my daughter being, you know, a scrub nurse and some situations and how different they can be. And me coming from the medical weight management industry and working with healthcare providers, there is a big difference. And depending on where they're at, you know, in the scope of the business. And so I loved your model and, um, and, you know, giving more tools that are beneficial and can actually, can, we can work on a few things. It was just ideal for what I was looking for. Awesome. Well, we're so, I'm so excited to be, to, to be working with you on that. So that's really exciting. And, you know, for our listeners, you know, what's your hope for them after all this? When we think about a healthy business, what do you hope for those who are listening? You know, what do you hope for them to take away, uh, walk away with from this? Episode? I guess, you know, the biggest thing to walk away with is really get curious. Curious on yourself, whether when you're listening, if you're a leader and again, not dependent on the size, it doesn't matter, but really getting curious about your own self and questioning yourself, because that's where a lot of growth and development comes. And, you know, maybe if you're a leader or business owner or manager, running teams, whatever that is, you know, asking yourself how you feel that your teams communicate, how your employees react, the health of your business, um, you know, because it goes down to even the individuals. So I'm really about change on all levels. And for the most part, I really want people to know I, I'm my who I serve and it's customized. I want to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And that takes it, it takes it's takes a lot. It takes being just like Brene Brown, being vulnerable, um, having some courageous conversations, even with yourself. 
So a lot of it is a deep dive and going deep within and knowing that you make, we all make mistakes and we're here to grow together and being honest and authentic and coming from integrity, uh, you know, and being able to share that with others. But it starts with, with that deep, you know, personal realization and reaching out because if I came to a company and sometimes I've done, you know, Oh, I can see this, this, and this, it's the same thing of coaching anybody. If they don't want it, you know, they, they're going to have some fear, some resistance. So to have those that are like, take that dive and go, you know what, I want to call and I want to reach out because I'm, this is for me. I want to, I want to make a difference to my team, to my the people, even if you're the brand, your consumers, your consumers, to your employees, to everybody that you actually have that power to touch and your sphere of influence. It's, you know, and if I want to influence a different, I'm, you know what, I'm going to reach out. I want to make a difference. And I know people who can help me do that. Awesome. You see, and we can have a fitness tool. There you go. We can do a team fitness assessment with the team. That's awesome. Um, so I love how you started, you know, get curious about yourself, mm-hmm. right? Get curious. That self-awareness piece, you know, I, I walk around, oh, I know myself. No, I don't take enough time to really dive deep and, and to hold my feet, my own feet to the fire around, am I truly tapping my full potential? You know, am, or am I still living in the safe zone? Mm. Right? Am I still living in my comfort zone? Because there is zero growth in the comfort zone, zero. And until we get curious about ourselves, what our beautiful strengths are, and some of us, we don't even recognize all of our strengths, where we need to grow and how, where we need to grow in order to better serve others and to live on purpose, that's where we start. That's where it has to start, whether at the individual level or at the team level or ideally both. Um, so thank you for that, Tracy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm so thrilled to have met you and I'm excited to continue to learn from you. So for those of you who want to learn more about Tracy, just, you can reach out to me or you can visit her website at fullfocusconsultinginc.com. And, uh, Tracy, I wish you all the best. I thank you so much. I am super thrilled that we had this opportunity to get to know one another and that now I get to share more tools. And again, you, you said it all. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to, you know, be able to speak to you and share this with other listeners. And hopefully we bring more value to everybody. And until next time, all the best. Have a great week, everybody. We'll we'll see you again on Monday next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.